Please pray with me. Lord God, I thank you for bringing us here together today, Lord. I pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord God, that you would help us to leave behind the cares and concerns of the rest of our life, Lord, and may we focus single-heartedly upon you now, Lord God. Speak to us, transform us, Lord, and conform us to your image. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It is so good to see you all today. How are you doing today? Good? I kind of got this frog in my throat, so it makes it hard to preach. I don't know. You ever feel like that? Like it's just, oh, you're trying so hard to get it out. But I brought props, so that'll be okay. I can get past it. If I were to be carrying this, if you were to see me carrying this, what do you think I'd be heading to go do? Or coming from? Golf, that's right. That's about how well I play golf. I should have played with a tennis racket. No, it's tennis, right? Obviously, right? It's the clear indication that tennis would be played. Tennis racket. How about these bad boys here? What about this one? Keys, that's right. My favorite, absolutely. I didn't even think about it at the time, but they kind of fit in with the decor of the church. I might store them in here. Yeah, I'd be going skiing, right? It would be ridiculous to try to go skiing with my, or to go swimming with my skis on, right? Or ridiculous to go play golf with a tennis racket. There's certain tools that we use for each thing. When we're ready to go there, we get our stuff and we go, right? You're going to go play chess. You have a chess board. You find something to play with. Everything we do in our life has certain tools, certain equipment, certain things that we need to bring to the table so that we can do it right, don't you think? Anyone ever drive without a car? Right? I mean, you need it. And you need the keys, too. I mean, there's a certain thing. You need gas. There's lots of things you need for certain things. Other ones are real simple. Swimming in the Yuba, what do you need? A suit sometimes. Right? <laughs> Nevada County, isn't it? That's right. Everything has a specific set of gear and equipment that we use to make it fun, to make it enjoyable, and to actually be able to participate in it. And so Micah asks us a question. He says, well... When you go to see God, when you go to come before the Lord, what do you bring? That's the question that we are answering in this passage today. Micah was a guy, a prophet in the Old Testament around the year 700 B.C. He was prophesying in the two kingdoms of Israel and Judah. Uh, you remember that Israel and Judah used to be one kingdom under King David and King Solomon. They were good buds. Everyone was getting along real well. But after Solomon died... His son took over and was really making poor decisions. He, like, threatened the people and threatened to whip them with scorpions and things like that, which are not good at the annual meetings to do, right, to threaten things like that. And so his kingdom divided, and they broke up. And so Israel was the northern kingdom, Judah the southern kingdom, and prophets were spread out between them trying to minister to the people who were there, trying to bring the word of the Lord to them. And Micah was working in both those kingdoms. He was trying in the north and the south to ensure that they followed the Lord. He was a prophet. And a prophet is nothing more than a person who brings the word of God to the people. That's what Micah did. God would speak to him. He would give them a message for his people. And Micah would share it. But it was rough times for these two kingdoms. There was violence, depravity, and religious madness. Right? Oh, that was a bad combo, isn't it? kind of got the fatal three going on there. People were worshiping all kinds of gods, but continued to try to maintain the sacrificial system of the one true God. 
right? They continued to bring sheep and goats to the temple for sacrifice. And yet they also sacrificed all kinds of other things to these other gods in all these other places. So they tried to maintain the form of their religion, but without the actual content, without the meaning, without the purpose. They tried to do the acts without actually having the belief. And on top of this, they also did all kinds of other crazy stuff, like they had temple prostitution. Right? Male and temple, pro male and female temple prostitutes. It's a good growth plan, but in the end, it doesn't pay off. Right? It was bad news for the kingdom of Israel and Judah that they engaged in these things which drew them away from the Lord. All kinds of poor decisions they made, and yet they tried to prop up through this system this historic faith they had in God. They tried to prop it up through these empty acts, these empty sacrifices. They tried to keep it going in appearance, but on the inside it was empty. It was completely depraved. They had turned themselves over to their own passions and desires. Now, Micah, Isaiah, and Hosea were in these two places preaching the word of God to them. They were these three contemporaneous prophets who worked in these kingdoms, trying to ensure that the people came back to the Lord. Now, many of the words that they spoke were words of judgment upon Israel and Judah for the way they had forgotten the Lord and were pursuing their own interests, no matter how corrupt, broken, and despicable those interests were. But despite the criticism of the prophets, despite the word of the Lord in all its power, the vast majority of the people continued to go on with their empty worship of God, offering sacrifices, doing things the same way they had always done them, Keeping, to do, keeping them going, but ignoring the call of the Lord to turn to him in faith. Therefore, the Lord in this passage seeks to reorient his people back to the basis of their faith. Micah says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? You hear the question? Right? Remember the tennis racket and the skis. With what shall I come before the Lord? What is the equipment I need to bring to worship the Lord? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? So we've got, he's asking, is this sacrificial system what God wants? Does he want all those things? Can I bring those things and get God's favor? And even beyond those, shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? The answer is to this question. He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness, and most importantly, to walk humbly with your God? Micah is informing Israel that their sacrifices don't amount to anything. They're coming before God with the wrong goods. They're coming with the wrong equipment. God doesn't need their sacrifices. God doesn't need their rams and their rivers of oil and their money. He doesn't need that stuff. You see, the people got the wrong idea in their head. They began to think that God was kind of like a cosmic vending machine. Right? They would put in their sacrifices, kind of like putting coins or dollars in those things, and they would get out something good. That's how they thought God worked. Oh, I'll give him rams, and I'll give him oil, and I'll give him money, and in return I'll get blessings, I'll get health, I'll get money back. I'll get favor. I'll get all those kind of things. Right? They thought that they could just exchange it in that way. They thought that all it was was this impersonal 
um, connection with this giant machine that's really about blessing. That's how Israel went wrong. They thought it was just tit for tat with the Lord. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. But that's not how it works with God. Instead, he calls them to justice, to love and kindness, and most importantly, to walking humbly with him. God reminds them through Micah that the sacrifices, the offerings, the entire code and the law, all that stuff in the Old Testament, that was all designed to bring people close to him and to hold them there. It was all designed to flow from a relationship with him and to flow back into a relationship with him. The sacrifices were supposed to be outpourings of love because people realized they were beloved rather than magical coins that bought favors from God. Therefore, in this passage, Micah invites them into a relationship, a humble walk with God that produces justice and a love of kindness like it never root of all this, though, is relationship. It's the core of everything. Now, we don't live in the 8th century B.C., thank goodness. We wouldn't have Netflix. But this passage still speaks to us today. It reminds us that we are all, what we are all about as Christians. It reminds us what the core of our faith is about. We are people who are called to be in relationship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's always been that way. It's always been about relationship. You and I walking with the Lord through humility. Well, humility, a humble walk with God, requires that we admit two things. One, that we're broken, right? That's the humble part. That we come before the Lord on our knees and we say, God, I've messed this life up. I've messed up everything you've given to me. As opposed to King Midas where everything inside turned to gold, we in our lives often the opposite to lead. And, and so we admit that. We come before him humbly and say, Lord, I have broken so much in this life and I've broken myself and there's nothing I can do to cure myself. That's the first thing. Then we, the other thing we do is we realize who he is and we praise him because he's holy, he's faithful, he's righteous, he's loving, he's all-powerful. And then we ask if we can walk with him. Now it's amazing because this pattern has always been the case. Remember Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden walking around? Remember in the cool of the evening, who did they walk with? That's right. They walk with the Lord in the cool of the evening. So you've got this metaphor, the walking going on there in the Old Testament. And then Jesus, as he, uh, as he called his disciples, what were the words he said to them? Follow me, that's right. And follow me involves walking with someone too. So this pattern from the beginning in the Garden of Eden to Jesus Christ walking on earth with his disciples has always been about walking with God. And when you walk with someone, you're in relationship. You're going along the same path. You're heading toward the same goal. You have the same point in mind. And you're there as a companion with them, exchanging words with one another, conversing, learning about each other, caring for each other, supporting each other when you're tired or hurting beautiful consistency in the scriptures about how we are called to relate with God. And so my hope for us here at Emmanuel is that we would be people who would humbly walk with God, that we would admit our brokenness, that we would confess that he is not broken, he is perfect, that we would turn our hearts to him, and that we would walk with him. And this walk is not just a once and done kind of thing. 
Brother, this is the walk that we do every day. We wake up in the morning and say, God, I want to walk with you today. Where are you taking me? Take me on an adventure. I want to walk with you wherever you are, God. And as we do that, as we walk humbly with you, we'll find that justice is an outpouring of our heart, and we'll find that we start to love kindness instead of wrath, which is so much easier to love. Right? It'll be a natural outpouring of our lives with the Lord, this faithful living, this kindness too. And so may we be people who walk with the Lord humbly and enjoy that journey that he takes us on. Because as we do that, we will transform not only ourselves, but the world around us. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, I thank you for inviting us to walk with you. Lord, what an amazing invitation it is. Lord, that you have extended your hand to us and said, walk with me. Humbly walk with me. Confess your brokenness and walk with me because I want to be with you. Lord, I pray that we would accept the invitation, that we would walk with you, Lord, and that we would walk with joy in our hearts and that as we do that, you would transform our lives. Lord, that you would redeem us and that you would redeem this world around us. And as an outpouring, may we strive for justice and may we love kindness. Lord, and may the world see this and be drawn to you with love. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.